For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's <coughs> Thursday night, and um, I'm going to try to take a shot at uh, the Summon Bonum. For this week, as always, sponsored by Mishpacha Sabansky. Uh, and it gets very difficult tonight because we move from the Rambab, well, I think I discussed at plenty length, to uh, the Ramban, who comes after the Rambam. Uh, the Ramban was born when the Rambam was an old man. And the Rambam and the Ramban are very different in many, many ways. And especially in something like this, me, myself, and I, speaking personally, I always find the Rambam very, uh, Ramban very hard to understand, very poor writer, maybe I should say. I'm talking about from my personal subjective, you know, way. The Rambam, you can read a long essay, and it kind of flows. The Ramban, uh, not that way to me. Especially when it comes to something like this. The style of the Ramban is, again, there's just a personal uh, sort of thing. It's like a turnoff. Uh, nevertheless... Ramban is another school of thought, and a famous aspect of the writings of the Ramban is many times he strongly disagrees with the Rambam because he's offended by many of the things the Rambam says and the Rambam's whole style, part of which is to sort of make light of all the different agatas and things like that, at least that's how the Ramban sees it, and to argue as the Rambam sometimes does, that the meaning of this agata, that one, is nothing other than some logical philosophical type Zach, is offensive to the Ramban. So the Rambam will make a general statement, I'm talking especially in Hashkafa matters, and at least this is my impression, and then he'll look for a Maimar Chazal that backs this up, and he'll kind of ignore the other Maimar Chazals that do not. So for example, the Rambam famously says that in time of Mashiach, uh, things won't be different than they are now in the sense that there won't be any kind of new miraculous existence. Rather, history will change. So to use modern language, you'll have a, Israel will become a from country, you'll have a Mashiach who somehow or other ends the Arab-Israeli conflict, rebuilds the base of Migash without anybody giving them any trouble, persuades all the Jews um, to become Shomer Torah Mitzvahs, and live in that way happily ever after. Um, and and he says, you know, look in the Gemara, Shmuel says that. It's true. He has a Chazal. You know, Shmuel does say that. There are many other Chazals that don't agree with that, but the Rambam doesn't bring them down. And there's a whole bunch of times he does that in various areas. Ramban, by contrast, at least, again, this is just my take. Uh, seems to say, no, you got to take into account all the Chazals, and if you're, what you're saying doesn't comport with them, there's something wrong with you. Now, the Rambam, we discussed where he writes about these messianic matters and life after death and the Summum Bonum and so forth. So you have the Hakdama uh, de Perichelic, for example, when the Rambam wrote when he was young, you have those parts in the, the Igeris Tamon a, a little bit, you have well, what I tried to quote for you from the Mishnah Torah, which he wrote in his 30s, um, from Hilchas Teshuvah, 
and at the end of the Mishnah Torah, where he has Hilchas Malachim, these are all very famous for to many people listening to this podcast. And, you know, these are classic statements. And because the Rambam is such a good writer, and because his writing spread so much, and because he cared a lot about a literary style, he mentioned this many times. The Rambam, as we all know, had a, had a very good secular education, aside from the Torah education. And one of the things that he studied was rhetoric, Melitza, which means how to write well, as we would say today. And you see, he often says, use a simple word instead of a fancy word. And if you can say it in one sentence, then don't make it a paragraph. You know, he, he gives a lot of thought to the presentation of it. I'm pretty sure when the Rambam published an essay or something like that of his, it was not his first draft. Now we're going to shift to the Ramban, who lived, unlike the Rambam, in Christian Spain. The Ramban lived in the 1200s, Ram lived in the 1100s. The Rambam was from southern Spain under the Arabs, and when they, his family ran away, they stayed all in the Arab world. The Ramban was born and lived all of his life among the Christians in Aragon. Matter of fact, I look at the news today, Barcelona declared war on Israel, something like that, declared Israel illegitimate. I mean, the hell with them, but that's what they said. I sent it to some friends of mine who were going to Barcelona, of all places, for a Pesach hotel. Can you believe it? Uh, but whatever the case is, um, Ramban lived near there. I think everybody knows he had that debate with the Catholic priest. And in general, the time that Ramban lived in was a time when he, uh, when the Jewish people in that part of the world uh, were under terrific pressure from missionaries and very intelligent missionaries, including many uh, Mishumadim including yeshiva guys who flipped from yeshiva and went and, uh, you know, and uh, turned their guns on Judaism. There are all books in this stuff. Um, and therefore, a lot of Jews were brought to, uh, you know, say maybe the, maybe the guy were right. Especially when it comes to the idea of the Geula and the Mashiach, since the Jewish situation, especially in the 1200s, was so lousy, they're a persecuted minority. They didn't have a country anymore. They didn't have a base of English anymore. They didn't have a priesthood anymore. They didn't have a Sanhedrin anymore. Vazainize, you know? So uh, a lot of young Jews, I guess, maybe the guy were right. And in order to, um, you know, slug that up, Ramban devoted a certain percentage of his writings to these kinds of theological questions. And... Um, in words, and they should be uh, things that uh, uh, thoughtful Jews uh, should, should, should know about and they should have the right hashkaf on it as he saw it and that's who the Ramban was now um, therefore he wrote a number of books things that became published eventually as books uh, one of them is called Sefer Geula which talks about when the Mashiach is coming, uh, the Jewish calculation versus the Geisha calculation, and that, uh, you know, you have the four Gaulishes, and now we're in Gaulas of Rome, the Christian church, and, you know, he touches up a lot of the book of Daniel from there. That's not what you and I are interested in tonight. It's an interesting zone, but that's not what we're interested in tonight. Instead, elsewhere, um, which I'll talk about in a second, 
the Ramban wrote a chapter in a book, which is actually a small book on its own, about life after death as he understands it, about the summum bonum, what's the final goal. But here, he uh, strongly dissents uh, and objects to a lot of what the Rambam said. And the place to find all this is the last chapter of his Torah Sa'adam. The Torah Sa'adam is all about death. From the time you catch a cold, till they bury you, till... uh, you come back or something. So, you know, it's all about Misa and things like this, which is what we call Hilchas Avelis. It's a basic source of the Hilchas Avelis. So a lot of it is just about the Halachas of Avelis. Uh, you know, the sick, the burial, the Hever Kadisha, you know, all that business. Uh, in a Ramban style. Now, uh, and I would say a Ramban style would include uh bringing proof after proof after proof <coughs> from this chazal and that chazal and that chazal <coughs> to support and buttress uh, your assertion, which I guess is very good when it comes to halacha, things of this nature, because he's always a bring me a raya, and he brings many, and that's what makes him the Ramban. But in the last chapter of that book, Torah Adam, he has something called Shar HaGamul, which means, Shar means a chapter about Gamul, which means life after death, the final reward. Um, and this is something that, uh, this is where he has, expresses his ideas, which I find complex and, and difficult to understand. Uh, and uh, the Sharagamul comes out in different f- forms. Uh, you know, Chevelle uh, long ago published the Sharagamul in Hebrew and in English. So if you're my age and you remember all the old Chevelle Rambans when they came out, so in the Kisri Ramban you got the whole Torah Sodom, including the Shah uh, HaGamol in the end, with Chevelle, Rabbi Chevelle's footnotes. Uh, it was later translated in English also by Chevelle, with the red cover, if you remember that. I think by Feldheim. But it reads very boring, in my opinion, because he's got one proof text after another after another, for every assertion he makes, which clearly indicates that he realized he's treading on um, sensitive ground, and he's arguing with the Rambam, uh, who was a big deal in those days, even though Rambam disagrees with him, and he wants to sort of buttress and support every assertion he makes by bringing on kind of different Gemars and Chazals and that kind of business. The uh, Shar HaGamul, I have in front of me two copies. One is one I bought, I don't know where, and it has nice Nakudos. So you know me. And especially in something like this, Nakudos matters a lot. Um, because breaking all this text into paragraphs and sentences and clauses, especially on something that's difficult, and this is a difficult text, does help to clarify, at least in my opinion. Uh, it also has a nice um, table of contents, which again is important because the Ramban kind of rambles on and on and, and switches and moves around from point to point and then comes back to them. And uh, uh, it, it, it does help if you can uh, follow this, you know, in, in, in a kind of a table of contents, you know, at the beginning. Now, um, some outfit called Otsar Sefer put this out uh, years ago, 2006. Or actually, I see it's 1994. Uh, Tavshin Nandalad. 
says, Mom, it's almost 30 years ago. And it's by Hillel Kuberman and Mordechai Yudayafi. Hillel Kuberman must be really Kuberman's son from Israel. And uh, therefore, it's very it's very good, like for a yeshiva kind of uh, habrusa. You know what I mean? Because it's, uh, the, it's the, the letters are very clear and the paragraphs are broken up in, the, in as clear a way as you can help. And uh, that's a good te- uh, physical text to, to study these things. There is something much better, but much more diffuse, and that's the style of the Ramban. Again, I'm just giving you my opinion, not more than that. And there is uh, also a safer Paka from the 1990s. I don't know if I ever mentioned it before, with the red cover. And it's uh, put out from somebody in Muncie, Yolsperka, whoever it is. And uh, it's got like a kahati at the bottom, shall we say. Okay? You know, uh, he mamish has that like sort of like an art scroll, like a Hebrew art scroll or kahati type thing at the bottom. This one needs it. And underneath that, he has um, in in Rashi script, these excursies um, on uh, different points, bringing various Rishon Makran. No, it's a tour de force of uh, scholarship uh, on this on, on this chapter called Shah HaGamul. So, in my humble opinion, if you're interested in what I'm talking about tonight, and you want to be mine in it, and, and anybody's interested in what I'm talking about tonight, had better go be mine, because you're not going to be able to get it all just from what I'm saying. I'm just trying to tell you these things exist. That's what I'm undertaking to do tonight um, in this talk. And uh, the, na- the name of the Sefer is Shar HaGemul in Pirush Chazon Yoel. So he's not only has a table of contents, but he, ha- he does have a nice index. Now, and I really mean that these are things that uh, the serious student who wants to be Ma'ayan in the Ramban on this subject will have to look at this. Now, in the Sharagamul, the Ramban is um, undertaking everything that happens after death. And in the classic dialectical style, because the Ramban is a con- sort of a Tosafist, so um, he is talking about the various Gemaras and Chazals that seem at least superficially not to stem with one another. He's going to try to show you how they do. That's the approach of the Ramban be sort of dialectical in all this. And just to give you an idea of, of the contents of this chapter, you know, he has them broken down over here in this Sefer to Din, and you assume that Din means you try to clarify, and this part is actually the most famous part of Shargamol, because most people don't read past that. Everybody reads the first part and then they stop. And they usually read this for Rosh Hashanah and Kippur and Chodesh Hello, so rabbis get what to talk about for speeches. And um, let's put it this way. Uh, the first question that strikes someone when they start to consider this rationally and intelligently is, uh, what kind of a din is there? Um, is it when you die, you get to, you sent to heaven or hell? Then where's Tzchiyas Mason fit in here? And um, where's, uh, you know, uh, let's put it this way. How are you donned, how are you judged in Rosh Hashanah on Yom Kippur? As opposed to when you die, because they say when a person dies, you know they have a, you know the Chazal times say like this: they take you up to Shemayim, and they give you a, a trial, and you know what they say: Lamata Torah, Menasata Bemuna, Tepisa Mashiach, Tepisa Yeshua, 
In other words, it sounds like something important happens to the neshama or whatever is left of the person at the time of death. On the other hand, you tell me every Yom Kippur, every Rosh Hashanah, I say to me, but there's a, there's a din. And he, therefore, he has to explain dialectically what the difference between the, the type of din you have on, um, on Rosh Hashanah and uh, the type of din you have at the moment of death. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. In the book of Daniel and others, it talks about the Yom Hadin Agodol Hagibar when the human race will be decided who gets to live on forever. See, the Ramban believes in physical immortality, unlike the Rambam. In physical immortality. It says, we shall see the Olam Haba of the Ramban is quite different than the Olam Haba of the Rambam. The Rambam, as we saw, says, the Olam Haba is spiritual. You won't have any goof. It's very powerful, but don't try to figure it out because it's outside your frame of reference simply because it's another plane of existence. What happens to you, uh, for good or bad, is happening in Olam Hanashamos, you know, in some in some uh, metaphysical world, which does exist, but it's not part of time and space. Uh, the Ramban says, no, there will be another world. There's this world, and then Olam Haba, and then things will change to a perfect world, like a Mary Poppins type situation, and the Tzaddikim will get to live in that, in that uh, better existence, and the Roshayim won't, and so forth. So he has about the Din, and then he has about the Yisurim and the Nisayan, okay? And then he has about Tzadik Varala with Rosh Hashanah. So these are basic questions during our lifetime. Well, I'm alive and you're alive. But then he gets down to what happens when you're gone. There's a whole business, a long business on Gehenna, okay? For example, Gehenna ve'eshel Gehenna. Now this is just weird to me that... Um, what would the Rambam say is the Aish of Gehenna? He says it's a metaphor. There can't be Aish in Gehenna because once you're dead, there's no goof. We're talking about Nisham or, or, or your personality, whatever it is that survives. I said that many times. It doesn't necessarily mean exactly your Nishama, uh, but whoever you are, uh, but in the spiritual sense. In other words, nothing physical. And um, how should I put it? Uh, when we say the Rishon will get burned, if you're in a spiritual universe, spiritual existence, there's no fire. Fire is a physical. So just like there's no achil or shti or any of that kind of stuff, there's no such thing as actually burning at the stake or boiling in oil, even though you'll find chazals that talk that way. And you do. But the Ramah will say, it's just a metaphor. You know, it's a mushal. And the Ramban is really ticked off by this. It is not a mushal. There's going to be some kind of a fire that will burn the wicked, even though it doesn't exactly mean our kind of fire now. It makes no sense. Don't call it a fire. It doesn't have the properties of fire. And he means a fire. You get it? It's very docustic, as he says. So it's a different type of fire. But he insists on the fire rather than consign all these statements in the Gemara and the, and the Tanakh to you know, just the metaphorical realm. It's something very real. Real. And that's the Mekobal in him, because Ramban is being Mekobal. And the Mekobalim, the real, real, genuine Mekobalim, say, don't try to figure out the Kabbalah from logic. Um, that's not the way to do it. You have to have it, Talmud, Mipi, Rabbo, and you'll see things that are, like, impossible, or not actually impossible. Um, so it's a very complicated kind of matter. Uh, I mention this because the Ramban is such a 
seminal figure in Jewish thought that, uh, you know, his ideas are the ones that are always quoted. It's always the Rambam versus the Ramban, like in the Lechem Mishnah that I quoted last time. And so he'll talk about um, the Eish of Gehenim and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then and he actually goes into a long essay on this and even, he even quotes the Rambam and he says why the Rambam is wrong in his opinion. Okay? And then he gets to Gan Eden. There's a whole chapter in Gan Eden. And then he gets to Olam Habo. So in other words, he had Gehenim and Gan Eden and then Olam Habo. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, I thought that Gehenim, Gan Eden, all that kind of stuff is part of Olam Habo. So well, not to him. Not to him. Or at least not exactly. And even though, therefore, he does talk about the summum bonum being the olam haba, but he missed it around together with uh, Ganadin and Gehenim and things like that, which is unusual. Uh, let's put it that way. It's unusual. And, uh, you know, he, he like he says, She's a Kambal Gmul Elov. And who bedivere of Sinish Stay Shamus? Ganadin of Olam Habo. Sometimes we use the word Ganadin, sometimes the word Olam Habo. But they're not exactly interchangeable, although they sort of are. Now, I'll give you the simple version tonight, and maybe we'll go a little bit deeper another time. Uh, even though a lot of it is, is strange to me. So maybe, maybe I'm the dumbbell. You know, that could be. I got no problem with that. Uh, but to him, Ramban, Olam Habo, means uh, something other than the Rambam. You see, to the Rambam, the Olam Habo is metaphysical. So therefore, it's always existing, or if you prefer, never existing. If it's a metaphysical reality, it's not subject to time or space. It's real, but it's not subject to, subject to time. So right now, when I'm alive, is there an Olam Habo? Yeah. So what's the shot that you, the Summum Bonum is Olam Habo? So the Ram will say, when a person dies, meaning when their goof dies and disintegrates, and all you have left is the non-goof parts, so that now enters into a state of Olam Habo. Even though we could get down to it and play games, logic chopping games, and say, well, then if you're alive, you know, uh, maybe that's already part of Olam Haba because it's not part of time. But leaving all that, I hope I didn't confuse you. Says, leave that aside, you know. Say, push it, that as long as you're alive and the Neshama is mixed with the goof, it's in Olam Hazeh. But after death, it's in Olam Haba, if it's Zoka to it, right? If it's Zoka to it. So a person lived a good life. Afterwards, they enter into a spiritual existence. And as the Rambam says over and over again, it's not anything we can describe, but believe me, it's good. <laughs> it's better than anything you can imagine. Right? And same thing with negative. You know, it may be Gehenna isn't burning, but it's it's worse than burning. It's worse than you can imagine. Uh, don't think in physical terms, but try to understand that intellectually. It'll be terrible, even though it's not identical with the physical torments that we have now. Okay? Dramban says that Olam Haba means that the world you and I live in right now will one day be, undergo a transformation. And 
when this world undergoes the transformation, whoever is Zocheb will then live in a magical world. Like I said, Mary Poppins' world, where everything will be bright and shiny, uh, spiritually and physically too. Uh, people will live forever. Uh, to be tremendous prosperity. I mean, it won't be this junky world which is so full of bad stuff. It'll be a world that's full of goodies. So I suppose he has in mind Adam and Eve and Gan Eden, you know, the original paradise. That in Dolom Haba, the human race will re will 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 re-enter paradise, meaning Adam and Eve did live in a place. Adam is not a metaphor. There were two people like that. And before they did the hate, you know, they it was a paradise. They had all the food, they had all this, that, and the other. You know, uh, everything was fantastic. So, this world is ruined because of the sin of Adam and Eve. But one day, in the right time, Olam Habot, it'll be transformed. And whoever gets there, so let's say it happened tomorrow. Let's say I'm alive tomorrow. So, if it... it and, and let's say I'm worthy enough to get into that. So here I am in Baltimore, Maryland. Tomorrow morning, you read in the paper, you see online. Olam is here. Everything has just changed. All the bad guys have perished. Only the good guys are left. Or at least the people have some good in them. And now we're going to live the life of Riley. We won't have to worry about Parnassah. We won't have to die on any of these sorts of things. Uh... We'll, we'll have a clearer vision of Splaclaria de Meira. We'll know what's important in life and what's not important in life. So people won't be interested in, cha- in chasing after uh, you know, stupidities the way they are now because we don't have a Splac and Meira. We have a, uh, a flawed vision. We don't really even know what's really good. But then they will. In this world, we'll have a better understanding of reality. And anyone who has that kind of understanding of reality will be interested in doing things that Hashem wants you to do, and it'll be a wonderful life. So imagine if Adam Akaba never messed up. Everything would have been great, and the whole human race would have worked the life of Riley, and there never would have been any wars, and no anti-Semitism, and so, in fact, it wouldn't be even Judaism, because the whole human race would be Zoha to this Madrego, uh, like the Ramchal talks about. So, uh, that'll be that world, Okay. Uh, will you be physical? Yes, but, but you know, but but not physical in the way we are now. Exactly, it'll be better. So everybody will be tall, dark, and handsome, you know, like that, and everybody will be well off, and good health, and all this other kind of stuff. You won't have knee problems and open heart surgery, and so forth. So it'll be a par- That's that's the paradise of that way. Now, that's in Om Hazem. So Olam Haba, therefore, means when Olam Hazeh is transformed from the uh, non-perfect world that you and I inhabit today to the perfect world that will come in its time. So somebody's righteous and there's Zoha to the Summum Bonum, uh, they'll make it to this new, this new way. Like I said before, if it happens tomorrow and I'm worthy, I'm now into this... Uh, Fantastic, uh, you know, apartment dwe- uh, dwelling. Everything is taken care of for you. I'll, I'll, I'll be in a, in a new plane of existence, even though it's a physical, I'm plane of existence, 
but all the bad stuff will be gone in the world and only the good stuff will be there. Uh, and even more than that. Now, wait a minute. I'm here alive in the, in the, in the scenario I just gave you. It's the year, you know, top shin, whatever, a pay base, a gimel. And here I am in 2023. And I was lucky enough to be alive and in fairly good health when the great cataclysmic moment happened and the world underwent its transformation and paradise was not lost but regained. You know, the human race re-entered the Garden of Eden, meaning a, a, a better world, the kind of world that was there before all the bad stuff happened. But wait a minute, what about my parents? They were good people better than me. My father went through the war. So did my mother. Just because they're not alive today in 2023, what, because they missed out? I mean, the Vilnagon, you know, the Rambam himself and others, they happen not to be alive. So they, they can't live in this world I just described because the world I just described is a physical world. You see what I'm saying? It's a physical world. That's the Olam Haba of the Ramban. And so um, it's a glorious future. But what about the people who weren't the goof at the time it happened? Uh, so these people, if they're not going to have the Olam Haba, they'll have, they'll have some variation on what I just said. They have a variation on the paradise. And that variation is uh, called Ganadin. And the a negative, uh, you know, punishment, Gehenim. So notice these things happen uh, after a person dies. That happens there in the Shamas. It's not the final business, but, um, but they're not alive at the time that the physical world is transformed. Um... Now that just scratches the surface of this subject, which is, uh, you know, because for example, what do we do with Tchisamesim and things like that? Uh, the problem I have with the, I have with the Ramban is, before he makes a statement, he gives you one Chazal after another Chazal after another Chazal after another Chazal, and it kind of gets away to me, blocking the clarity of the ideas. But he clearly has a much more physical understanding of the Summum Bonum. The Rambam would say, what do you need physicality altogether? And as I said last time, the Rambam had some trouble trying to explain why there should even be a Tchiyasamesim. But the Ramban will say, of course, uh, the idea of Tchiyasamesim is not like the Ramban, Rambam. That you die, you, you, you come back, and then you eventually die again. And you get your schar and Ruchnius. No! Um, the, the, the Olam Haba, meaning the better Baltimore, the better Israel, and all the rest of it, will go on forever. People will live there forever. Um, or at least till way down the line, you know, in the in the year 7,000 or something like that. Uh, and so that, these are extremely um, unusual ideas. And the Rabban always says a lot of people old like me and all the rest of it. And so he has a, a different take, literally what the summum bonum is. Uh, now, I haven't talked about chorus, and about the nature of, Gehen of Gehenna and all that sort of thing. But at least you start to see the Ramban has to give a great deal of thought if he's going to disagree with the Rambam. And in the Shar HaGamul, um, he does do so. And uh, you can, as I say before, get it in English uh, with, the, with the Feldheim, or you can get it uh, in different Hebrew versions. 
Uh, I'm sure it's online. There's no question in my mind that it's online. And uh, I like, as I said before, this, uh, what's it called? Chazon Yoel or something like that. And uh, that gives you, as I said before, kind of a kahati as you're working your way through it. And he has another take. He has another take. And uh, I think the Hasidim and the others like the Ramban better. But who can say what's going to be? You can't paskin in these kind of matters. That doesn't stop certain rabbis and rebbies from paskining. And so you end up with a strange world. But uh, I've already gone enough to start the bowl rolling with the Machshob and the Ramban, uh, contained the Shargamul. And uh, next week we'll move to uh, hopefully get a little more clarity on this. Once again, I want to thank, as always, Mishpacha Savansky uh, for sponsoring us with this series, uh, which was their idea, not mine. And with that, I wish you all a good Shabbos. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.